In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with today's edition of Southern Fried Soccer. I'm joined by Atlanta United's Bobby Boswell, who made his 366th league appearance in Sunday's 2-2 draw with Toronto at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That appearance moved him into sixth all-time in MLS history for appearances. Bobby, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Bobby was acquired by Atlanta United in a trade with DC United uh, the day before the deadline I think or the day of the deadline sometime around in there yeah it was kind of a, a sudden thing I think DC got got the green light to go get some designated players and I was one of the uh, one of the guys that was used to clear some space and um, you know I got a call I think the night the night before I had to go in there and uh, talk to Carlos he wanted me down here the next day so um, it was a, a, a big move for my family. I think our time had, you know, run its course in D.C., and it was uh, very exciting for, for us to, to go to an expansion team and one that had uh, all the buzz going on. And uh, it's been nothing but great since I've been here. Um, I always say I, I would like to have been used more than I've been used here. Right. But, um, you know, for me, <clears throat> what you guys see on the weekends is just a small part of what we go through. And uh, the day-to-day -day stuff is, uh, you know, just as important, if not more important, uh, for for us as players and our mentality. And, and I feel like uh, nothing against the places I've been, but this is the best day-to-day -day stuff I've ever been a part of. And uh, my only regret is, is that I didn't get to experience it when I was a little bit younger, but uh, I definitely appreciate uh, what's happening here, and, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. There has to be just a sense of, I don't, I don't know if you, a sense of oddness? I don't know what you would call it. Going from RFK, for example, the oldest stadium in use in, in well, second oldest, I guess, in Major League Soccer, to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. What, describe for people the differences and I guess the emotions that you feel in one place compared to the other. Yeah, I mean, RFK, a, a lot of people want to bash it and they, they talk, you know, they think it's fun to make jokes about it and talk about uh, how decrepit and, and old it is. But uh, I love RFK and it, it holds a special place in my heart. And, um, you know, it is night and day different, though, to go from there to Mercedes Benz. <clears throat> With that being said, uh, you know, I, you know, you saw what happened this weekend with, with the farewell to RFK, mm -hmm. and, and it seemed like everyone came out of the woodworks, fans, media, players, former players, coaches, um, everyone had something to say about it. And, you know, I think it's meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no different. And 
I'm one of the few people that thinks the, there will still be some games played in the RFK. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I've, I've been around DC long enough to know that, um, the, that rules and, and regulations, things get changed. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope that, you know, Audi Field is up and running when they say it is, but I just, I just can't seem to get it out of my head that, uh, there, there will be another game played at RFK because of the, the scheduling of everything. And, um, but yeah, to answer your original question, it is night and day different. It's, it's not almost not fair to compare the two. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely not fair to compare the, the practice facilities and, and all the amenities that we have here. But, um, you know, in the last negotiations with the union, we, we fought for free agency and we got it. And, uh, it, I think if teams, they've realized now, if, if you don't have your stuff together, mm -hmm. when, when more and more players are eligible to, to choose where they want to go, um, the cream of the crop, or they're obviously going to choose to be at, at the Atlanta United and, um, not at, at places where they don't have the, the same quality of, of things. So I think you're seeing more and more teams, you know, you could make a case that maybe in Columbus they're trying to, to make mm -hmm. that happen. Right. Uh, more and more teams have realized that if, if you're not going to spend money and take care of the players, that the players are going to they're going to select to go to other places, and it's just going to suffer. You know, your organization's going to suffer from a from a wins and loss perspective. So, um, you know, I. I love RFK. I'm, I'm not going to say anything uh, bad about it. I'll make I'll make some jokes that are right. They're not really jokes. They're true. What things that happened <laughs> that happened in that in that building. But um, you know, it's a it's a place that's special. And I had friends would come visit me, fans that were baseball fans or old football fans that they would ask when the tours started, at what time of day. And I'd say they don't really have tours, <laughs> but if you want to come along, we can show you around. And uh, and they were just amazed by the place. So yeah. it's got a lot of a lot of history, and it's well deserved. Yeah, we don't know anything about construction delays here in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you're talking about the Audi Field. My my experiences with RFK the first time that Atlanta and I played up there this summer, I was going down to try to interview the team after the game. And they said, come out of the elevator and go left. So I went left and I walked and I walked and I walked. And eventually I find myself back where I started because there was no signs for the visitor locker room. Uh, but anyway, no, it's it's a great building. It's a great history. It probably is time for something new in DC. The team deserves it. It's been there long enough and had the success. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think a lot of owners, you know, it's had different owners mm -hmm. since I've been there. I think. Uh, you know, I think they all thought they were going to get a stadium deal done. And I'm really glad that the ownership group that did get it done, they did it in the city. Right. Um, I think that you've seen throughout this whole, you know, from when it started in 96 till now that the teams that build stadiums and, and easy, easily accessible locations, that they're the ones that are doing the best and thriving. So I'm, I'm really glad that they built it in the city. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the fan base deserves it. Um, but enough with DC. I'm, I'm, yep. DC was done with me when they right. traded me, and, uh, and so I'm done talking about them for today. I do want to talk about playoff soccer with you, but I want to ask you about your Twitter use first. You, you had a tweet last week related to Columbus and Austin about they're not going to be able to take your Armadillo trophy, and I want to know what in the world is the Armadillo trophy? So that, so that <laughs> was a preseason tournament uh, we had in Austin, and I, I don't even think it was four teams. I think it was only three teams. <laughs> 
Um, but but yeah, we ended up winning the, the, the preseason tournament, which isn't really you know most preseason tournaments right. you're you're throwing mixed squads out there. You know your your level of, the agenda level is very different. Uh, like I think we were getting ready for a Concacaf game, so we were obviously taking it a lot more serious than mm-hmm. some of the other teams. But um, we end up we end up winning, and, and we were leaving the field, and they said, "Oh, the trophy is a trophy ceremony," and you know those are always kind of a mockery. Right. It's like they give you a participation trophy right. for everything. <laughs> We were like, you know, this is stupid, but we'll, we'll play along. And then when we realized it was an armadillo with two six shooters and a cowboy hat, we were, we were like, this thing is awesome. So we, we were like, we got to go show the fans. So we took it over. And uh, it's probably one of the only trophies I've ever won where everyone on the team wanted to hold it. Everyone wanted a photo with it. And, uh, and it just kind of grew from there. And, and it's amazing. If you look, whenever there's a, a tournament, you know, uh, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, World Cup, any kind of tournament, and they have a trophy ceremony and it's, it's, it's on TV or it's public, I almost always get tagged in something where they say it's still not as good as the other. <laughs> and so, uh, so, you know, I thought anytime you talk about Austin, uh, I always throw the, I throw the armadillo out there because right. it's probably the coolest trophy in all sports. I don't care what anyone says. It's, some people think it's it's hideous, but you just you just are attracted to it, and right. um, you know I'm not surprised that that the tweet grew grew some legs because you know say what you want about what it was actually talking about, people just can't stop looking at it. Right, it's so obnoxious. Right. I love the bizarre, and that was really bizarre. So that just made me giggle when I saw it. And your comment about they're not going to take my armadillo trophy, <laughs> which is also just funny. Uh, but speaking of trophies, Atlanta United is now in the playoffs. They're going to host. Columbus, or y'all will host Columbus on Thursday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The game is going to be on ESPN2. Uh, this is obviously Atlanta on his first trip into the playoffs, first attempt at being able to win the MLS Cup and that trophy. You've been in the playoffs quite a few times. What is the difference in playoff soccer in MLS and regular season soccer in MLS? Well, it's there's a couple things to that. For me, it's a it's a huge accomplishment for this team uh, to have done what they did, especially in a, you know this year the East was the was the madhouse. Very tough. Um, you know, I I think we we're one one kick away from being in second, right. and, and uh, you know that's a little frustrating. But I, I think the fact that you're gonna at least host one game with the you know you know if you go out and you win that game, you can host host more and. Um, it, it's going to be incredible. And I think uh, to do well in the playoffs, it's it's about handling adversity. You know, you can't get you can't get too frustrated if you give up a goal, and and at the same time, you uh, you can't score a goal and just sit back because you know if the team gets momentum, it's, right. it's hard to get out of it. But uh, in the playoffs, it's a, it's all about who can get the job done. It, it doesn't have to be pretty, and you know. I think we play a really pretty brand of soccer, um, and I'll be interested to see how we how we handle this this test. You know, sometimes these, some of these teams might they might just sit back and, and just say we're not going to let you score with the op- the idea of just poaching one on the other end. Right. I've been on teams that have lost that way, and I've been on teams that have played that way and won. So. Um, 
I really hope we get out of the play the play in game just because I think that this team has the ability to score a lot of goals, mm -hmm. especially on the road, mm -hmm. and uh, that that's the key in a two game series is uh, how you do how you handle the two legs. Right. And I think over the course of two legs, I, I really like this team's chances. Uh, you know, but we have to take care of a, a one off game, and you know your season's over. So uh, it'll be a new experience for a lot of these guys, but uh, I think the advantage is is they're used to playing in front of uh, huge crowds and, right. and, you know, every game's a big moment when you play at home here. So I don't think it'll be that big of a shock. Uh, you know, sometimes guys, they, they cower in those moments and, you know, sometimes some players lift their game even more. I, I'd be interested to see how our guys handle that and if, if people can raise their game even more, uh, it's going to be a scary thought for how far we can go. Is there an MLS stadium that you haven't played in yet? Uh, no, I've, I've played at every okay. uh, at every location. How is the... I haven't played at uh, some of the New York venues. Oh, okay, yeah. But I haven't played at the Met Stadium or, oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or Hartford or whatever. <laughs> oh, the dedicated stadiums, yeah, I yeah, should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, i played at most of them. How does the home field advantage for Atlanta United rank among all the places you've played? in your career when it's 71,000 like it was yesterday? Yeah, the only, the thing I can say is, is as a player, like when I played with DC and we came down here, um, it, we actually got more up for the game because we weren't used to playing in front of mm -hmm. a crowd and that was at Bobby Dodd. Um, I, that's, that's the only thing I was saying that sometimes, you know, bigger play, big players step up in big games. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes like a Columbus, no offense to them, but they're not playing, they're not average, you know, they can't even right. average. They can't even fill their stadium with our average fan base here. So they might initially be up for that game uh, extensively, but I don't think, uh, you know, they might look at it and say, wow, this is a huge crowd, we're going to show well. But they should already have that idea because it's the playoffs. And I think for our guys, because it's the playoffs, we might even say, all right, we're used to playing, we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to keep playing the same way, but we're also going to push it even more because right. it's the playoffs. That's what I was saying. The, the home field advantage will be big in that you don't have to travel. Um, and I think that we understand the dimensions of our field. We, right. we understand that better than anyone. Our style of play, it suits us. So uh, there's definitely a home field advantage. I just think, you know, sometimes you don't realize that uh, other teams, they might be more up for the game too because they want to show well in front of this massive crowd. I'm going to be really curious to see Columbus's mood in the wake of everything that's gone on with their possible relocation and to Austin and everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't attest, I can't speak to that, right, right. but I can just tell you, um, you know, I think a lot of teams, when they look at coming down here, they're, they're worried about getting embarrassed. You know, it's not even about necessarily winning and losing. But I mean, you saw last night, Toronto, they, they celebrated the, the tie like they had won, you know, and like they were, I mean, I know they set a points record. Right. There was a lot on the line for them, but they were like full blown, you were celebrating, screaming and stuff. And I think that's just a testament to how, how it, tough it is on teams when they look at coming here. They, you know, they're nervous because it, it could be a bad, a really bad night for for you if, if you you know you don't get off on the right foot and last question for you and i ask this of everyone on the podcast what is your first soccer memory my first soccer memory 
Man, I get hit in the head a lot, so those, those have kind of I've lost a few of them over the years. But, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I had three older brothers, and um, they, you know, one of my brothers uh, played soccer. And so I remember going to his, his games and his practices, and I was too young to play. So I just remember going out there and kicking a ball around and, uh, and having fun. And uh, my first real memory, and I, I say it's my memory, but I know we have it on video as well. Uh, uh, was my brother was playing and I went and tried to climb a big fence and I fell off the fence and in the video I'm, I'm coming over I'm crying like a, like a little kid uh, that was you know it was more about I wanted to play soccer and I wasn't allowed so I, I remember I always had a ball and was juggling it on the side and uh, I just I love the game even before I could play it oh that's cool yeah. that's cool well um, do you want to promote anything on social media that you got going on or <laughs> any any no, man, I, 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 I'm just excited to, uh, like I said, all I can say is I'm glad to be here and I wish I was involved more, but I think the fans have been uh, incredible and, um, you know, everything's been top notch here and it's been a, it's been a good ride and uh, hopefully, hopefully I can uh, ride some of these guys' coattails into the, into the championship, but if I'm needed, I'll, I'll be ready to go and, uh, you know, it's, it's just been a, a real blessing and a real awesome experience for uh, for me. I say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, <laughs> and uh, that's not true, man. It's a lot of fun being here, and I'm re I'm reinvigorated, and I feel I feel really good. So it's a it's a great place, man. I, I, my family will always uh, love Atlanta for for this this time we've been here. All right. That was Bobby Boswell of Atlanta United. Again, the Five Stripes will host Columbus on Thursday in a knockout playoff game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This is Doug Robertson. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Constitution.